I've got to go, and I've got one last thing. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind, it cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. And those three things are going to carry on forever. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. The great late Jim Belvano. From his 1993 speech at the ESPYs. Tanner Hoops with you in the sports pen. Glad to have you along as always. And I know we like to have fun here. We like to be uplifting, upbeat. But I gotta do this. I gotta start the show with something heavy today. Tonight, as we get set for the ESPYs, we get set to honor the remarkable accomplishments of great men and women from the past year. You can't help but think of guys like Stuart Scott, Craig Sager, and Coach Valvano. Guys who have shown us how to fight cancer with courage. Cancer is something that affects all of us, each and every one of us, whether it's been you or a loved one. My family's dealt with it. My family's currently dealing with it. It's something that affects us all. It's heartbreaking to see someone you love go through it. In the divisive world we live in, this is one thing we can all come together and stand against. All of us at ESPN, our parent company in Bristol, and our 250 markets across America are standing up today on SB Day in the fight against cancer. And we're asking you to join us. We encourage you to donate what you can to the V Foundation. There are links to do so on the ESPN UP Facebook and Twitter. Even if it's only a dollar, if all of our listeners can pitch in a dollar, let's stand together and end this disease. In a couple of moments, I'm going to play for you Stuart Scott's 2014 ESPY speech. If you're like me, you grew up watching Stuart on SportsCenter. And if you're like me, he was one of your very favorites. His death in early 2015 shocked all of us. But I know he's looking down and smiling at the legacy that he left. At the encouragement and the hope he was able to bring to others fighting the same fight that he fought. And nearly five years ago to the date, he gave us one of the most iconic speeches that you'll ever hope to hear. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor to present the 2014 Jimmy V Perseverance Award to Stuart Scott. Thank you. You know, tomorrow all my boys are going to be like, oh man, I saw you at the ESPYs with Peyton Manning, Money Mayweather, and KD. I'm going to be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Jack Bauer saved the world and he introduced me. <laughs> 24 is my favorite TV show of all time, so Kiefer Sutherland, thank you very much. I am very honored. Every day I am reminded that our life's journey is really about the people who touch us. When I first heard that I was going to be honored with this reward, the very first thing that I did was I was speechless, briefly. I've presented this award before. I mean, I've watched in awe as Kay Yao and Eric Legrand and all these other great people grace this stage. And although intellectually I get it, I'm a public figure, I have a public job, I'm battling cancer, hopefully I'm inspiring. At my gut level, I really didn't think that I belonged with those great people. But I listened to what Jim Balvano said 21 years ago. 
the most poignant seven words ever uttered in any speech anywhere. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Those great people didn't. Coach Valvano didn't. So to be honored with this, I now have a responsibility to also not ever give up. I'm not special. I just listened to what the man said. I listened to all that he said, everything that he asked of us. And that's to build the V Foundation. And let me tell you, man, it works. I'm talking tangible benefits. You saw me in that clinical trial. Now, here's the thing about that. Coach Valvano's words 21 years ago, helping me and thousands of people like me right now, direct benefits. That's why all of this, why we're here tonight, that's why it's so important. I also realized something else recently. You heard me kind of allude to it in the piece. I said, I'm not losing. I'm still here. I'm fighting. I'm not losing. But I got to amend that. When you die, that does not mean that you lose to cancer. You beat cancer by how you live, why you live, and in the manner in which you live. Dan Roots with you playing the Stuart Scott SP speech in 2014 here in the sports panel. So live, live, fight. And when you get too tired to fight, then lay down and rest and let somebody else fight for you. That's also very, very important. I can't do this don't give up thing all by myself. I got thousands of people on Twitter and on the streets who encourage me. I got these amazingly wonderful people at ESPN. I got corporate executives, my bosses, this is true, who will text message me. And they'll say, hey, I uh, heard you had chemotherapy today. You want me to stop by on the way home from work and pick you up something to eat and bring it to you? Seriously? Who does that? <laughs> Whose boss does that? My bosses do that. But even with all that, the fight is still much more difficult than I even realized. What you didn't see in the piece is what's gone on probably the last 10 days. I just got out of the hospital this past Friday. Seven days stay. Man, I crashed. I had liver complications. I had kidney failure. I had four surgeries in a span of seven days. I had tubes and wires running in and out of every part of my body. And guys, when I say every part of my body, every part of my body. As of Sunday, I didn't even know if I'd make it here. I couldn't fight. But doctors and nurses could. The people that I love, my friends and family, they could fight. My girlfriend, who slept on a very uncomfortable hospital cot by my side every night, she could fight. The people that I love did last week what they always do. They visited, they talked to me, they listened to me, they sat silent sometimes. They loved me. And that's another one of the components of the V Foundation. This whole fight, this journey thing is not a solo venture. This is something that requires support. I called my big sister Susan a few days ago. Why? I needed to cry. It was that simple. And I know that I can call her. I can call my other sister Cynthia, my brother Stephen, my mom and dad, and I can just cry. 
And those things are very important. I have one more necessity. Yeah, it's really two. Two very vibrant, intelligent, beautiful young ladies. The best thing I've ever done, the best thing I will ever do, is be a dad to Taylor and Sydney. It's true. Dan Roots with you playing the Stuart Scott SB speech in 2014 here in the Sports Park. I can't ever give up because I can't leave my daughters. Yes, sometimes I embarrass them. Sometimes they think I'm a tyrant. That's a direct quote. There is an adjective that described tyrant too, but I'm not going to go there. But Taylor and Sydney, I love you guys more than I will ever be able to express. You two are my heartbeat. I am standing on this stage here tonight because of you. My oldest daughter, Taylor, I wanted her to be here, but college sophomore, summer school, second semester, starting this week. Baby girl, I love you, but you go do you. You go do that. My littlest angel is here, my 14-year-old. Sydney, come up here and give Dad a hug because I need one. I want to say thank you, ESPN. Thank you, ESPYs. Thank all of you. Have a great rest of your night and have a great rest of your life. Again, you hate to start out with something as heavy as that, but it's something we got to get the word out and we got to stand up against. I'm hopeful that someday we will live in a world where cancer doesn't exist, where we don't have to watch our loved ones suffer. And again, we encourage you to help us make that happen. Please donate what you can to the V Foundation. You can find links to do so on ESPN-UP's Facebook and Twitter. With that, let's welcome in John Michael Hofling, the sports guy over at ABC10. He joins us in studio per usual Wednesday afternoon. Sorry to make you wait a little bit, but thank you for doing so, man. What's up? How am I supposed to follow that up, man? It's sad, yeah. I know, but it's something that's affected all exactly. of us. yeah, you're right. And I hope that it's something that will not affect anybody someday. We're hoping that someday we can put an end to something like it. I know it's heavy to start with, even though we've got a lot to go over today, including the All-Star Game. Mm. I want to get your thoughts first on Sean Livingston. The Golden State Warriors end up getting rid of him. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, I think that their dynasty is over. Where do you think they finish in the Western Conference this year? First. think so. I think that how can their dynasty be over and they still win the West? I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks won the East. But they, they did. So, I think the Warriors are still... I think Steph Curry is still the best regular season player mm-hmm. in the Western Conference. Besides maybe LeBron James, but the fact is that LeBron is... We don't know how he's going to do, especially after you know a season filled with injuries and new personnel. But Steph Curry is going to lead that team to a... 53 to 55 win regular season, in my opinion, right? They're, they're still going to beat up on the lower the lower half of the Western Conference. So, yeah, they're still going to be the one of the best teams. But a team with D'Angelo Russell, maybe Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry, no big men, uh, unless you count maybe like, uh, unless you count Kevon Looney, which mm-hmm. he's good but not great. Right. They're, they're, they're not going to last. They already lost to Kawhi Leonard once. They're not going to be able to beat Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, even without a point guard. Even though, But I think Pat Beverly will be will fill in fine enough. Mm-hmm. It's just not looking good. 
it's just not looking good. I think they'll finish first in the regular season and then get probably get knocked out in the second or third round by uh, the Clippers or Lakers. I have them as the four seed right now. Okay. I think they could win 50 games. I do think they'll get to that plateau. But I think a lot of teams are going to get to that plateau. I don't know where Houston's going to finish. Right now, they're still a mystery for me. The roster they have right now, I still don't think is good enough to beat Golden State. But I don't think this is the roster that they're going to start the season with. I think they're going to look a lot different. So I really don't know where to put them. Houston just seems toxic right now. A little bit. They yeah. do, and that's why I don't think they can win with the roster do they have, have right now. Third? If they make some moves and they make the right moves... I could see them finishing third. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what you have right now. Because you said the Warriors are fourth, so who you got at one, two, three? I've got the Clippers, Lakers, and Rockets, considering that I think they will make some moves. I think that front office is committed to making moves and putting them in a position to be champions. But if they go into the season with the roster they have right now, they're not going to finish ahead of Portland. What about those Nugs? Nuggets are a sleeper team for me. Sean Farnham actually said on the Will Kane show, he has the Nuggets as his title favorites this year. Yeah, I think the Nugs are that they've actually had a very quietly solid off season. They have. Yeah, they've gotten better, legitimately better, and they were a pretty good team <laughs> coming into last season. So. They're a good team. They really are, and I want to believe in Jokic and Murray, but I don't. I just don't totally. I think they'll be good, and it's hard for me to not put them in the top half of the Western Conference. I just don't know how they repeat what they did last year. How they bring that same magic back. Uh, they're just a solid, solid group, man. They they don't need to re- re- bring any magic because it wasn't magic, man. It was all talent. It was, man. A team led by Jokic, I think, is a legitimate title contender. Well, Malone didn't get enough credit for how good he did as a head coach, well, too. Well, he's second for coach of the year. I feel like that's pr- <laughs> pretty good credit. Yeah, but still, most people don't know him. Yeah, but, I mean, can you name anyone on the bench of the Nuggets? On the Nuggets bench? Um, I don't know where Jeremy Grant's going to be. He's new to the team. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough for me to well, pick anybody like off the their nugget, bench. The Nuggets are just a small market team. No matter what, people aren't really going to know them. No matter what, you're not going to know how you're not going to know every single player on the Charlotte Hornets. Sorry, like maybe if they win a championship, then people will start to recognize. But as of right now, no matter how good they do, it's just like oh, it's Denver. We can ignore them. How many NBA coaches do you think that the casual fan could name? A casual fan? Casual fan? Five. Think so? Yeah. Probably Popovich, yep. Steve Kerr. Yep. Uh, maybe Brad Stevens, he's kind of recognizable. No one knows Frank Vogel. You, you could you could name um, Mike Budenholzer. Uh, a Some people fan could. could name Mike I th- yeah, I bet a lot of people could. I think Eric Spolstra uh, yeah, could get okay. named. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Ty Lue doesn't count anymore. Yeah. They knew him for the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think a lot of people know Dave Fisdale. No. Not a lot of coaches maybe right now. Maybe Okay, how about Rick? Wait, is Luke Wal- did Luke Walton get fired? He's with the Kings now. Oh, yeah, that's right. How about Rick Carlisle? You think people know him? No. You know, people probably know Cuban better than they know Carlisle. I think I think the Lake, whoever the Lakers coach is, mm. people will know that no matter who it is. Whoever the dynasty, the current dynasty is. Those people know Nick Nurse now. Yeah, well, people know Nick Nurse, but like even still, he's not a household name yet. No, but he's more well-known. How about this? Kawhi upgraded his health care. He changed his coach <laughs> from Nurse to Doc. Of course. That was bad. Oh, people can name Doc Rivers. I'm, I'm kicking myself off here for that. Yeah, no, no, no. That, you know what? That was solid. No, <laughs> nobody had thought of that joke yet. Be proud of yourself for that. Nick Nurse to Doc Rivers. Upgrading his health care. Yeah. It's yeah. a good one. I tell you what, Kawhi did officially sign his three-year deal with a player option included. He is officially a Los Angeles Clipper. 
For me, they are the title favorites right now. I'm putting them down in my book as winning the NBA championship as of right now. Still not going to put money on it because I love the parity. Yeah. I love the parody. How many teams could actually win the championship this year? Like eight? Yeah, probably. Probably. There, there's five in the East, I think. There are five in the West, I think, could actually have a chance. Clippers, Lakers. Clippers, Lakers, Rockets, Warriors, and uh, Nuggets. Okay. I still think the Trailblazers are a couple pieces away. I do, too. Yeah. And then in the East, you have the Celtics, uh, which I think have... You think so? Yeah. Okay. Like, Kemba's great, man. I'm glad to hear that. Like, yeah. and uh, I've said on Twitter... I think I said this on Twitter, but... Um, I think Kemba, under the right circumstances, could be as big a star, if not bigger, than Damian Lillard. Mm. And Damian Lillard's already a pretty big star. So, um, the Miami Heat, if they get Russell Westbrook, could be good. Oh, but yeah. I think that the Miami Heat, with Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler, would implode. Oh, they just, would. Absolutely, just, they would. <laughs> just strictly based on personnel, uh, they would have a chance. Mm. Um, about Milwaukee? Milwaukee, yeah. That was good. I was getting there. Uh, the, <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody out there, don't think I forgot about. That's Milwaukee. what our listeners wanted yeah, to hear. No, they yeah. want to know if Milwaukee's in there. Yeah, or not. Milwaukee definitely is, of course. Well, why? They want to we... know if the Pistons are in there too. No, no, Pistons no. probably aren't. No, Derek Rose ain't your savior, guys. <laughs> what about Philadelphia? Do you think they got better? Yeah, they got better, but uh, I still think that they are just one step behind. Al Horford is a great addition, but Jimmy Butler's kind of you know better than that, Al Horford. That team and, can't shoot. Horford's been all right at shooting in his career. Yeah, but he's better than their starting point guard. So? <laughs> you don't need they have po- Tobias Harris, but that's about it. Yeah, you don't need your point guard to be your strongest shooter. You just need your point guard to facilitate an offense. Yeah, but he does need to have more than one move if you want to build around him. That's my opinion, though. The, the Philadelphia 76ers have a different opinion. I think the Sixers are still a couple pieces away. A lot of people think they're ready to compete for a title right mm-hmm. now, but they just seem like a team full of... Like, when I think of the biggest stars in the NBA, I never, like, for some reason, I don't know why, but I never think of Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would say, oh, Joel Embiid's one of the biggest stars in the game. And I never think it, because when I watch them play, the 76ers all look so vanilla. Yes. They they all look like they could replace one another, Mm -hmm. except for Tobias Harris, because he can shoot. So when I do that, I'm like, oh, okay, you could just throw somebody else in for Joel Embiid. They probably wouldn't be as good, but they're just an offense uh, and a defense that works no matter what personnel they have. and I mean, you, you take a look at their splits with Joel Embiid off the court. The, with Joel Embiid on the court, they're an average, they, they're, they, their average point differential is about plus seven. Mm-hmm. With him off the court, it's about plus six. It, his health has been his biggest enemy so far. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people's biggest enemy. True. But the, the fact is that even with Joel Embiid, even with Al Horford, even with Jimmy Butler, they weren't able to compete with the top of the top in the East. And I just still think they're that same team. The only way that I see the Simmons-Embiid model ever working out is if you completely surround them with shooters. Like, you get all these small little guards, you can get them at bargain prices, bunch of J.J. Reddicks, and all they got to do is shoot. Remember, they lost Landry Schmidt, and they ended up getting Tobias Harris, and they did re-sign him. But they lost Dario Saric and Robert Covington for the Jimmy Butler trade. If they had the opportunity to do that again, if they had a do-over, do you think they'd still do it? Absolutely. You think so? Well, especially right now, knowing they don't keep Jimmy Butler. Do you think that they should have done the Jimmy Butler trade in hindsight? No. I agree. Because now they're out Jimmy, they're out Rocco, and they're out Dario. Those are three guys that can shoot. I mean, they were the only team that pushed Toronto to seven games, Mm -hmm. which I think is a good sign. But 
I don't think it's enough. The hope for another, the hope for one championship, I don't think is enough to justify the Jimmy Butler trade. I just don't see losing Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick, adding Al Horford, and thinking that makes you better. They were already a good defensive team. Al Horford's best, um, best. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Asset. Yeah, there we go. Is his uh, is his rim protection. And he can shoot from three, but, like, he's slow. So, like, him moving on the outside of the perimeter doesn't really help that much. They were already a good defensive team. They didn't need to bring in Horford. I don't like the contract they gave him. They're going to be giving him that kind of money until he's 37. And they just flat out overpaid on Tobias Harris. Yeah. It well, wasn't a good move. That's just, that's just the day of the NBA, man. You're, you're slightly above average. Oh, max contract. You have to be a team like the Nets, or, or you have to be a team that people want to go to in order to get a superstar for less. Like, for a while, Steph Curry was taking less money than mm-hmm. uh, other people on the team. Then, obviously, that changed very soon after. But, yeah, you need to be a team that people want to go to if you want to build, like, an actual super team nowadays. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Let's take a timeout when we come back. MLB All-Star Game. The AL extends their winning streak last night. Let's break it down next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad to have you along as always. The ESPYs coming up this evening, hosted by Tracy Morgan. Those should be pretty fun. I'm excited to see who gets what the, award, what have you. I always love the the ESPYs, man. Yeah, and it's a the, day that certainly we celebrate great accomplishments, great athletes, people like Jim Valvano and Stuart Scott, and those who've courageously fought the battle against cancer. And again, if you'd like to donate to the V Foundation, you can do so through the links that ESPNUP's attached via social media. Go to our Facebook and Twitter, and please, we encourage you to give what you can. That's a good message. I appreciate it. Yeah. We're doing our thing. We're, well, we're joining the fight. What was the best year of the ESPYs, in your opinion? Whatever year Sid Crosby won, <laughs> Athlete of the Year. Was that, like, 2015? Did I'm, not that? Sh- I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure about the exact years, but uh, for me, the year Peyton Manning hosted. That was pretty good. His opening monologue. I'm excited for Tracy Morgan tonight. Yeah. He's funny. It's going to be a good one. It'll be a good one. Yeah. The ESPYs are going to be a lot of fun to see what we get tonight. Uh, last night... All-Star game. 4-3 mm-hmm. win for the American League. They win their seventh straight. Were you surprised that they only combined for seven runs? No. You weren't? No. You got the. This is a pitching league right now. You got the best pitchers on the planet. That's why they're All-Stars. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I thought it would be a high-octane offensive I mean, shootout. You take a look at, like, what, were the, what was the score of the game last year? It was like 2-1 or something. I think it was 8-6, right? wasn't eight to six? it? 8-6? Wasn't it two years ago it was like 2-1? to one? I feel like the scores just in the past haven't been that high. Most years, it seems like it. I thought this would be the year, though, especially after what we saw in the home run derby. Yeah, home run derby was amazing. I thought, wow, the ball's going to fly out. And this one didn't have Bryce Harper, so even better, yeah. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I tell you what, the American League wins 4 3. Shane Bieber gets the MVP award, a guy who wasn't even supposed to be there. I think Brantley deserved it. You think so? Yeah, but but since Brantley's no longer a Cleveland Indian. They were like, oh, let's you know cater to the home. He fans. got a warm reception. Yeah, it, it was his own ballpark he for should. a long he, time. He did, he did well. He, he did a lot for Cleveland. It was a terrible mistake letting him go, not re-signing him, thinking that you can bring in Jordan Luplo and he's going to replace Michael Brantley. The problem with Brantley was that he just wasn't staying healthy. Mm, yeah, but now he, he was is. worth it though. For some reason, <laughs> he is now. Uh, but I tell you what, Shane Bieber 
who was an injury replacement to the All-Star Game, found out he was going to be there on Friday, wins the MVP award, struck out the side in the fifth inning. I tell you what, though, you like Brantley for it. I thought Joey Gallo was going to get it. Ended up hitting a home run that yeah. wasn't necessarily the game winner. Actually, it was. It kind of was. They It gave him a three-run lead, yeah. and the National League couldn't recover from that. It did turn out to be necessary, whether you want to get technical with it or not, if it's the game winner. Yeah. But it was necessary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that there were a lot of things that could. There were a lot of. There was a lot of speculation on who could have won the award. There was Brantley, Gallo, Bieber, and then there were a couple other people. I think um, who who started the game for the Verlander. Yeah, Verlander had a great uh, had a great first inning and stuff like that. But it's just like, oh, Shane Bieber came in, had a great inning, MVP. Let's give him a car. Yeah. What a night for what a, what a couple of nights for Pete Alonso. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And if the NL won, he probably could have ended up walking away with MVP. And so he would have won a car. A tr- <laughs> uh, he would have won a car, two trophies, a million dollars. What I love about Pete Alonso is he's donating fifteen percent of his winnings to charity. Good, class act guy. Yeah, I like Pete Alonso. You know, you know he's uh, he's a, he's a former member of the Northwoods League. He was the Madison, Madison Mallards. Mallards, and he won the he won the home run derby for them too. Isn't the Northwoods home run derby great? <laughs> I've only seen one year of it, so... Well, you were there last yeah, year, right? Yeah, yeah, I was there last year, and I mean, it was in Kalamazoo, which is like, what, 4.30 to center field, but like, so it was just whoever could pull the ball the most. Kalamazoo was a nice ballpark, though. I think they are in Waterloo this year. It's okay. coming up here in a couple that, weeks. That's not going to be on the shores of, uh, no, shores of Lake No, no, Waterloo is far from the shores of Lake <laughs> Anything. It is a pretty nice ballpark down there, though. Yeah. Cost Cutters Field. My first road trip with Duluth took me right back to Iowa. Went nice. down to Waterloo. That was the bus trip that Christian Cosby got drafted on. By yeah. the Royals, 14th round. Uh, dude, it just seems to happen. Every team Tiger Peterson's on, somebody gets drafted. The year before the Riptide, it was Eric Wagaman got drafted by the Yankees in the fifth round, I think. Did you see Tiger on TV the other night? No. Yeah, he was on there for the home run derby, well, him saw, and Champ. I saw Jock and Champ. I didn't see Tiger, though. Tiger was on there a few times. Oh, nice. Made his way up to Cleveland from somewhere in Florida right now. Do you think Vlad or Jock... If they hadn't had to hit 40 home runs in the second round, would have beat Pete Alonso? It's tough to say. The freshness of the player factors into it so much. Yeah, so it's like a lot of fatigue going right. three overtimes. The thing is, when Alonso did have enough to clinch, he stopped. He didn't have to finish out his round, and we don't know how far he would have gone if he had. Yeah. So it's tough for me to say... I think it's entirely possible that Vlad or Jock would be able to do it. Yeah. But, man, that was fun. It was. That was one of the best things that could have happened for baseball. Yeah. People were saying that about it last year, but Bryce Harper cheated, guys. Come on. (laughs) And uh, this was was phenomenal. And you were saying that you like the MLB All-Star game more than any other, right? I do. I think MLB All-Star Week is one Mm. of the best, has, has has become the best. Because the home run derby used to be atrocious. It used mm. to be boring and everything. They changed it. Right. And it's totally reamped it. Totally made it more enjoyable to, and fun as a viewer. And that just helps. It I does. Still, I still think NHL All-Star Week probably takes the cake a little bit more. but I think the NHL does a better week. It's a better couple of days for Major League Baseball. Because now I feel empty. I'm out baseball for the next two days. Yeah, the slowest days in sport. Dude. I know. Now what do we do? Now what do I get to watch and what, what, listen what, to it now? What am I going to talk about today? <laughs> I got the All-Star game, and then that's it. You've got the All-Star game, home run derby, women's World Cup, 
Did you do anything for them? They're all done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did stuff for the Women's okay. World Cup. There were a couple. There were a couple cool things I found. I did the I did the thing for the home run derby. I tried to figure out because you were hearing you were hearing the rumor that like um, if you compete in the home run derby, it ruins your swing for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. So I was like, I did see that one. I was like, that's a stupid rumor. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna disprove this. And then I looked at the numbers. I was like, uh, you know what? They're right. Like, it, it might. <laughs> like, what happened to Miguel Sano in the back end of 2017? What, what happened to Carlos Gonzalez in 2015? Uh, Cody Bellinger in 20... Or and Carlos Cargo Gonzalez. ever since. Yeah. It, it's been so many crazy things. Uh, only tw- uh, So I was doing my research on it. Only 26.4% of all Derby contestants since 2010 have had better second halves in terms of home run per game Ouch. production. Than the first half, and then I was like, "All right, well, maybe just fatigue set in." But of the thirty players with the most home runs in Major League Baseball this decade, only thirteen of them have never competed in a home run derby, and ten of those guys have better home run production in the second half than the first. How about that? It's 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 a weird correlation, and it, and like correlation doesn't equal causation. But even over just a nine year stretch, it shouldn't be totally discarded. And like I, I I'm starting to understand why some managers don't want their players in the home run derby right. now. Christian Yelich, probably a good thing that he didn't participate. Oh, yeah, his back injury. <laughs> You're not calling him a liar, are you? I, I don't know, man. It's just... Um, I don't blame him, whatever I, I, he did. I think it's very fishy that he starts getting all this backlash for wanting to, for wanting to do it. He's possibly going to do it. Oh, you know, he, he's going to be fun. He hits one into the Allegheny River, yada, yada, yada. And then, oh, no, I have a back injury. But I can still play in the All-Star game. Don't worry. I'll be fine for the All-Star game. I just can't do the Derby now. Some sums up with that. There may be something to that. I tell you what, Josh Bell, was it just me or was he really disappointing in yeah, the Derby? Yeah, he, he I'd say him and uh, even Acuna because mm-hmm. I had them as, like, two of my favorites. In mm-hmm. fact, in my Derby Challenge bracket, did you do a bracket? No. Okay, in my Derby bracket... Uh, I had Josh Bell winning it all. And even Acuna. I had either Acuna or Josh Bell winning it all. Whoever I thought was going to come out of that round was going to win the whole thing. Acuna, like only 18 in the second round? It's not going to do it. I thought Matt Chapman would have been a little better too. I did too. But, I mean, did you see what his dad was throwing him? Mm-hmm. He was throwing him some nasty stuff, man. <laughs> he was. His dad was not helping him out. I tell you what, let's take our next time out. When we come back, the NBA is about to adopt a major rule change. We'll tell you about it next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen, all you Tanamaniacs. On this Wednesday afternoon, Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Here's your Sports Center update. The Wimbledon semifinal matchups are set. On the men's side, Roger Federer will square off against Rafael Nadal. Meanwhile, top-seeded Novak Djokovic takes on Roberto Batista. The women's semifinals have Serena Williams against Barbara Strakova, and Simone Halep will take on Alina Svitolina. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin has proposed a bill that would block funding for the 2026 World Cup until the U.S. women's national team gets paid the same as the men's national team. Keep in mind the U.S. has a joint bid with Canada and Mexico to host the 2026 World Cup. This bill would block the U.S. government from funding any of it. And finally, 
Team Blanc White won the 2019 Pillow Fighting Championship in Edo, Japan. The team was led by nine-year-old Soda Wananobi. He became the event's second youngest competitor in the process. Pillow fighting has been a national sport in Japan since 2013. You have five players on each team. They all start lying down. They're quote-unquote sleeping. When the match starts, they all get up. One player on each team is designated the king, and only one can use his pillow as a shield. Otherwise, it's like dodgeball. You gotta catch a pillow, you can't block it. If you get hit by it, you're out. The game goes on until all players have been eliminated, or at any time if the team's king is eliminated. That is your Sports Center update. Glad to have you along, as always, here on ESPN UP. Well, last night, the NBA Competition Committee approved a rule change that would allow coaches' challenges for the upcoming season. One challenge, as long as they have at least one timeout, and they're allowed to challenge things such as out of bounds calls personal fouls, goaltending, and basket interference. They are not allowed to challenge in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter or overtime. At that time, all reviews will be triggered by the officials. How about that? Hey, I thought we were talking about basketball here. <laughs> why, are, why are we moving to the NFL? <laughs> basketball is on this. They're giving the people what they want. I think it's good. I do too. I think replays were long overdue in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have the technology. I'm one of those people that if we are able to do it, why are we doing it? So, well, okay, all right. Balls and, balls and strikes, then. Give me that look. Balls and strikes? I would be in favor of the electronic strike really? zone. Really? I would. Dang, I think it takes out that human element. That it makes does. Baseball different. It does, but I don't always know if the human element is a good thing. Oh, well, I mean, obviously there are going to be times when it doesn't work out, but, I mean, still, it makes baseball baseball, in my opinion. Right, right. I, yeah, I tell you what. Uh, human umpires get 95% of the balls and strike calls right, which is still pretty good, mm -hmm. but that 5% could make or break a game. It's tough for me to say. I know they are going to try this out in an independent league over on the East Coast, and I actually had one of their play-by-play -play guys on here yesterday, and it's, it's fascinating what they have in store for this league. You heard of the Atlantic League of Pro Baseball, and right now the MLB is trying out all these potential rule changes there and seeing how it goes, including international tiebreaker, pitch clock rules. It's fascinating. That's awesome. It is kind of awesome. Yeah, I just imagine being a play-by-play -play guy for that. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't look at the umpire. Like, that's what I always used to do. I just look at the umpire. Okay, he pointed his finger out. That's a strike. All right. That's strike one on the outside corner, 0-1. Now it's like, uh, where are they even going to show it? Like, how are they going to show it? Mm -hmm. Are they going to show it on the scoreboard? They must. I don't know how an umpire does that. Apparently, he will hear the result in his headset. Like, he's going to get radioed in a headset he's wearing on field, the result of a pitch, and I don't know if that means that he's going to point if there's a strike or if he's actually going to say ball or strike. So he doesn't even have to be behind home plate then? He will for plays at the plate. Well, he can do that from anywhere, though. He could, he could. But I'm saying this is what they're going to do. This is what the league is having him do. He's still going to be out there, just not calling balls and strikes. Yeah, but he's going to be out there for plays at the plate, like you said. But you can be 20 feet away from home plate, and then when some like when ball's in play, you can just rush over and be ready for a call at the plate. You could, and that makes more sense, because otherwise he's just back there waiting to get hit. Like, yeah, if the catcher exactly. doesn't yeah. stop it, doesn't protect him, then he's going to get dinged. And we've seen many times umpires get dinged. Yeah. I don't know, man. Baseball's moving in the right direction of technology, but it's like, come on. Maybe a few shaky if, steps, but if, they're taking if, steps. If you're going to use it, like, be smart about it. 
Here's the thing that I hope happens. They're not just going to do some boring thing where they put the result on the scoreboard like the umpire will still know the result of a pitch. So what I'm hoping is that he's still back there mostly to put on a show and he's going to let the fans know balls is like he's still going to do his punch out because some umpires have really good punch yeah. outs. You ever umpire Little League? No. Never no. umpired Little League? No, man. I, uh, I tried, but... I don't know. Never what do you got into it. You tried. I, I mean, I applied, but like I was swimming over the summer, man. Oh, that's I, right. I was busy with my with my swimming stuff. So, if you ever had the opportunity, ever dream about umpiring little league course, and man. doing this signature ring up? Of course, I thought about that. The only reason uh, I didn't do it was I was worried I was going to have to like get in an argument with a coach or something. <laughs> but uh, just kick him out. Yeah, that, I know. Uh, that's what I should have done. But yeah, of course. Like there were all these good videos of this guy who like. Uh, he'd ring people up by saying uh, chief by chief two chains or, or something it was awesome <laughs> I wanted to do stuff like that friend of mine back home was umpiring little league this summer just kicked two people out one of them was a third grader <laughs> I was so proud of him <laughs> <laughs> what the third grader do man? I don't know I didn't hear but I was just so proud if that he get, used the ejection call correctly if you get kicked out of the game and you're in third grade you're a legend <laughs> that kid probably slipped him a fiver and said kick me out of this game uh, it was. I was just so proud to hear it. So, if you had to do a signature ring-up call, if you were a home plate umpire, what would your strike three call be? Get out of here! I don't know. That was it. I don't know, man. You put me the punch out. You're, oh well, I mean, obviously, you you, you do this like you, you do the the shadow boxing or whatever. Okay. You do that like six or seven times. You really pull it out, but this this isn't about the umpire, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you you can't steal the show from the kids. So of course be, you can. No, it can't be over the top. And you steal have the to. Show. Oh, all You're right. back there to put on a right. show. Get baseball fans interested. I mean, you could do that for you could do that forever. If I could do the splits, I'd probably do the splits then. Uh, I mean, have you seen the Naked Gun? No. Oh, great movie, man. And basically, this cop uh, trying going deep undercover has to be an umpire. Like he he finds himself as an umpire to a major league game. And he starts doing crazy punch-out calls and whatnot. He's, he does the splits and the moonwalk and calls the guy out. It's good, man. Is that the movie with O.J. Simpson? Yeah. O.J. Okay. Simpson, Leslie Nielsen, and some other people I don't know. I liked Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, he was good, man. A really good actor. Rest in peace. We lost Rip Torn last night. Really? We lost a couple of extremely uh, prominent Texans last night. Ross Perot died yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then last night, we learned that Rip Torn had passed away. My favorite Rip Torn character will always be Patches O'Hulan. <laughs> always. You dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. It's going to legendary character. But I tell you what, if I were an umpire, if I got back into umpire right, and I haven't done it this. for a while, this is what I'd be putting on a show, okay? So I would turn to my right after a punch out. I'm right-handed, but I'd start with my left. I'd start making a fist punch in the air with my left, and then I'd bring it back in and go out with my right, and then I'd add a little kick to it, too. And I'd be like, whoo! Wouldn't even say you're out of here? Nope. That's how you do it, man. I don't want Gotta to get... show up the kid, but I want to put on a show. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be a big, whoo, not even a, not even anything intelligible. Dude, you better be careful. A bunch of Samoan war criminals are going to come over from just that grunt and start doing a chant with you. <laughs> if it's manly enough. And you know what? It sound, you, you guys didn't see it. But a bunch of who? Uh, Samoan, Samoan war men. What, what are, huh? Uh, dude, come on. you never seen the Samoan rugby league? No. Dude, they have the... Best, they have the best chance before the game. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I think I've seen those on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, all they I do, never actually oh, watched they, rugby. They, all, they always started off with, Hoo! just those big hoots. Okay, so I would do a Samoan rugby player. There we go. Hoo! 
There we go. A double punch and then a small kick. Yeah, you guys didn't get to see it here, but he was he was fully extending his arms. <laughs> That's how you call a kid out. That's how you make a third grader cry. Uh, what would be your ejection? I don't know, man. I, I'm not one for like big conflicts and whatnot. So if I really need to eject somebody, I'd probably just go like pretty basic, just super straight face. I think what you got to do if you don't want conflict when you're umpiring a game is you got to set the tone and just before the first pitch is even thrown, just go kick somebody out for no reason at all. Yep. Okay. Just go up and say, "You gone." F- find a re- find a find a reason. You gone, Hank Harrelson style. <laughs> pay pay a guy to dress up. <laughs> uh, that that that'd be a good move. You pay a guy to dress up in one of the team's uniforms and just be like, "Hey, you gotta get out of here, man." Oh yeah, but my way's cheaper. Just yeah, go yeah, up to yeah. somebody you don't know and then kick his kid out. I feel like that's the best way to start a conflict. <laughs> then no one's gonna mess with you. Yeah, yeah, but you're gonna have a huge conflict before the game even starts. <laughs> Uh, Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Let's take our last time out. We've got more of this nonsense. Plus, we look ahead to the ESPYs when we come back next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, catch it on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore Store or Google Play. Just look up ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad to have you along as always. Well, I tell you what, I was about in tears during the break because I looked down and got a notification that Matt Cullen has officially announced his retirement from professional hockey. Three-time Stanley Cup champion, former Pittsburgh Penguins centerman <sighs> Matt Cullen, and we lost another great one. Yeah, for you. For me, for me, it's, just, for me it's just another dude. I liked Matt Cullen. Yeah. He was like the face-off king. Yeah. I don't know what his career face-off percentage was, but it was pretty good. No, well, that's the thing, man. Haven't the Penguins always been like a really good face-off team? They seem to be, for whatever reason. Yeah. Cro- I know Crosby's good. Cole He's pretty good. good. Malkin's always been good. So yeah. that's three or four lines. So unless your fourth line was just atrocious. The Penguins have always prided themselves on depth at the center position. Back in the day, Sharks had uh, Pavelski, Kachur, and Thornton. I was like, dang, that, that's a really good group of centers. Now the Sharks are starting to become more of a defensive-oriented team. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's a different look. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm starting to like it. I mean, obviously, I wish it we may could be have, a good I, look. I, yeah. I wish we could have kept Pavelski. Obviously, we keep, need we we need to find another star. Keeping Carlson was the right move, though. Yeah, but we need to find another star, like a score. Yeah, some sort of score. Well, Carlson's a score, but he's also a defenseman, so like yeah, an offensive well, guy. He, he wasn't a scorer last year. True. We need somebody to fill in Pavelski's role. That's another thing. I just realized that you know he was the captain. Who's going to wear the C next year? Right, Brett Burns. No, you don't he, think you so? You got to give it back to Thornton. Oh, yep, yep, that's right. I forgot about Thornton. And then Brett Burns when he retires in like two years. <laughs> you think Brett Burns only has two years left? No, when Thornton retires. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe one year. I don't know. Jumbo Joe's starting to get up there. Just get Joe a cup. Then he'll be gone. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they're going to be as far as cup contenders this year. I think they'll make the playoffs, but to be honest with you, I have them as first-round exit. Okay, yeah, probably. Yeah. They need to get a few more pieces here in this offseason. I, th- I think they just need one. They, if they can get somebody who's, if they can trade for somebody who's just like a, a step above what Pavelski was, mm-hmm. that 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 that's going to be a win. Who would that be? Who would a guy like that be? It's tough to find to, I'm, somebody I'm tra- who's better than Pavelski. I'm trying to think of somebody who like would still be on the trade block. But like the first guy that comes to my mind of like just a step above Pavelski is somebody like uh, Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. But obviously he wouldn't be on the trade block. Right. You just locked up Carlson, so he's not going anywhere. Brett Burns is a fan favorite, but would you give him up for Matthews? No. No. 
No. Brent Burns has been a finalist for the Norris Trophy for, like, what, five years in a row That's probably the only way you would get Matthews away from Toronto, though. Yeah. I don't think any of the the big three defensemen for the Sharks are going anywhere. Vlasic, Burns, and Carlson. But uh, if you, like, just a lot of cash, maybe uh, Kevin LeBanc and Timo Meyer. Those would be two good trade pieces, I feel Mm -hmm. like. Melker Carlson, I feel like, would probably be a pretty good trade piece, too. If you can trade those three guys, uh, uh, maybe even Justin Braun. Maybe. Which I wouldn't like. I think Justin Brown is a, is a vastly underrated player, but if you could trade if you could trade some of those pieces away for a guy of Austin Matthews' talent, maybe a guy like I don't know, Braden Point is another guy that comes to mind. Had a good year last yeah. year for Tampa, but I'm not sure he's gonna be able to repeat it to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, let me give you a name. Jack Eichel from Buffalo. Oh you think they can lure I li- him over? I like that name. Yeah. And I'm sure he would love to get out I'm of Buffalo. Not, I'm not sure he's a step above Pavelski, but He's younger, yeah, he, and he's comparable yeah. to Pavelski. Yeah, he's pretty good. I think he still has a ceiling there. Yeah, yeah. yeah if they can find a way to get him, Ooh, you're excited I, now. I, Ooh, Tanner, you just made me feel all. <laughs> ah. How much longer will he be able to tolerate staying in Buffalo? That'll be the know, question. Man. You saw the thing that happened with Jordan Matthews, right? Mm-hmm. Where he was like, "There's nothing to do around here. Like, <laughs> where do I go?" So he was like, "I gotta get out of here." And that dude from the Bills quit at halftime. What was his name? I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he quit at halftime. Everyone wants out of of Buffalo. Which one? Which one? (laughs) Uh, What about this deal with Sebastian Ajo that just went down? It looked like he was on his way up north, and then Carolina locks him up. He's a great player. They'd hate to lose him, but it doesn't look like he wants to be in Carolina. The the NHL is one of those places where it doesn't matter the market, I feel like. Mm -hmm. It, most other sports, it's like, oh, I don't want to be in Colorado. Oh, I don't want to be in Arkansas. Or, and there are no teams in Arkansas. But mm-hmm. the NHL is a different one because most of those players are Canadian. Right. Right. So a lot of teams will be, a lot of players will be like, yeah, I do want to play for Edmonton, or mm-hmm. they're they're sort of new to the American hockey scene, so they're like, you know what? Sure, why not go to Dallas for hockey? Or why not go to Arizona? I, I, if there's one team that people are like, I don't want to go to. It's Arizona. I don't know about right now. They Buffalo just, now. They just have that aura around them, man. That I think they'll aura. be a playoff team. I really you, do. Okay. I they, still do. They better. They just better not be that one. The, the team that knocks out the Sharks. <laughs> well, Any, if a team gets knocked out by Arizona, that is a bad look in my opinion. Uh, I think Buffalo might be the least popular hockey destination right now. What about Florida? They're Actually, building something well, special, yeah, and you get to live they, in they, Miami. Yeah, they just got a couple people. So. Yeah, I think they'll be a playoff team this year. But Buffalo right now, that's got to be... It's like the Canada atmosphere as far as the weather, but not a lot of success. Okay. I don't think that Buffalo is a very attractive place right now for a hockey player, for a lot of athletes. What about, like, New Jersey? They're getting better. I think that they'll be a wildcard team this year. They still have Taylor Hall. I guess that's some sort of attraction. They've got Hall. They've got Jack Hughes. Wayne Simmons on a one-year deal. And then P.K. Subban. Yeah, Corey Schneider's not a bad player. Not a bad keeper, too. Mm Mm-hmm. I like John Hines as a head coach. All right. I do. I tell you what, though. We <laughs> we said we were going to talk about the ESPYs, and here we are. Oh, yeah. Um, ESPYs are tonight, and once again, Tracy Morgan will be the host. As much as he likes to say so in his promos, he is not first cousins with Alex Morgan. <laughs> uh, US- you know what? I thought about looking that up. You did? I, I, I did, because I thought, you know, maybe. Maybe. They're not. Okay. Uh, but I tell you what. Team of the year? 
Who would be your nominees for something like that for team of the? I'm excited to see St. Louis Blues definitely. Uh, so if the women's national team isn't on there because the women's national team was so 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 dominant mm-hmm. that they should win. They'd be my but, pick. But they are. They just it just happened right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if they're going to be a nominee. Yeah, I'm not, not sure how that all works. So if they are not a nominee, I'd probably say the St. Louis Blues have to win it just because of their ability to turn around their season midway through. Um, but you got to go the the Blues, the Raptors, although, you know, throwing the Raptors in there, a Canadian team during an American uh, award show for sports, I'm not sure if that's going to be the smartest move. No. But yeah, maybe still. Um, then who else? The Blues, Raptors. Yeah, I want to say the Red Sox, but I also don't want to say the Red right. Sox. Right. Because what they're doing this year kind of dilutes it. Yeah, I also don't want to say the Patriots. No. Just because they're the Patriots. They've done it too many times. You could say um, the Virginia Cavaliers, their ability to bounce back after. Mm. Their ability to bounce back after losing to a 16 seed. That could end up being like moment of the year, something like that. No, moment moment of the year has to be Derrick Rose's 50 point game. Yeah, yeah, it'll be up there. Male athlete of the year. They have a lot of guys that they could put up for that. Tom Brady will probably just win it again. <laughs> uh, he didn't even win MVP. Who even won MVP? Pat Mahomes. Pat, Pat Mahomes. Mahomes. He could be yeah, a fun one. he could. He could. Uh, Pat Mahomes could end up winning Male Athlete of the Year. I like the ESPYs, though. I'm excited for it. It's the only... You know what's crazy is... I'm I'm not, like, a TV or a film fan as much as I am a sports fan. Mm-hmm. But the ESPYs I always go into super blind compared to everything else. Mm. And I like that. Yeah. I, I get excited when I when I hear the the nominees. Like I don't know any of the nominees heading into this, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just like, who are the nominees? Who are the nominees? And I'm like, oh, that guy got left off. That's ridiculous. At least we know LeBron's not getting it this year. Good. There's a little bit of parody in that too. Good. Yeah, I yeah. like parody. Parody's good. It is. It you know, is if good. Leonardo DiCaprio won Best Actor every year, wouldn't <laughs> be good. I tell you what, the ESPY's coming up this evening, and once again, we are joining many of our ESPN affiliates in the fight against cancer, guys like Jimmy Valvano, guys that have touched so many lives, and they have fought a courageous fight that affects all of us. And again, if you want to donate, the links are available on ESPNUP's social media, Facebook, and Twitter. With that, we are out of time. Appreciate you as always, man. What are you working on over at ABC10? Uh, we're working on a couple things, but I'll, always looking for a Thursday throwdown. Uh, Travis Ogilo was kind enough to do, to do it with me. However, there was a problem with the shooting, so we weren't able to put that together. Mm. But, yeah, Travis Ogilo, great guy, by the way. I look forward to seeing him in Michigan Tech. Um, other than that, of course, always look out for, for uh, Monday Minutes. And we're going to have the slowest days in sports coming up, so... <laughs> Not much we're going to report on very soon, but some stuff to look forward to in the upcoming weeks. And will I tell you what, before we sign off, let's give you the actual nominees for each award at the ESPYs tonight. Best team, the Boston Red Sox, the New England Patriots, the Clemson Tigers football team, the Toronto Raptors, the Virginia Cavaliers men's basketball team, the Baylor Lady Bears women's basketball team, or the U.S. women's national soccer team. Best Male Athlete, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Mookie Betts, Brooks Kepka, and Patrick Mahomes. Best Female Athlete, Simone Biles, Alex Morgan, Michaela Schifrin, and Brianna Stewart. Best Breakthrough Athlete, Saquon Barkley, Naomi Osaka, Christian Yelich, and Trey Young. Best College Athlete, Rachel Garcia, UCLA Softball, 
Sabrina Ionscu of Oregon Women's Basketball, Kyler Murray, Oklahoma Football, Zion Williamson, Duke Men's Basketball. Best Game, College Football's seven-overtime thriller between LSU and Texas. Monday Night Football Week 11, the Rams' 54-51 victory over the Chiefs. Or the Women's Final Four, Notre Dame's 81-76 victory over UConn, a game that featured 26 lead changes. Best Record-Breaking Performance. Matthew Bowling, the first-ever high schooler to break 10 seconds in the 100-meter dash, dropping to a 9.98. Drew Brees, passed Peyton Manning for career passing yards to move into first place in the all-time list. Sabrina Jansku, she recorded her 13th triple-double. That is the most in NCAA basketball history. Or Clay Thompson, he broke the NBA three-point record in a game with 14. He ties his teammate Steph Curry's previous mark. Best play. The Miami Miracle, where the Dolphins stunned the Patriots. Kawhi Leonard draining the game winner that took four bounces on the rim in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semis. Derrick Henry with an NFL record 99-yard run. Or UCLA gymnast Caitlin Osashi, she scored a perfect 10. Best viral sports moment, Rudolph Ingram, Infinite Tucker, Caitlin Osashi, and Sister Mary Jo. You remember her last year? She threw out the first pitch last year at the Chicago White Sox game, the nun with a better curveball than you. Best upset, college football Old Dominion took down number 10 Virginia Tech, 49-35. The 2018 U.S. Tennis Open, Naomi Osaka over Serena Williams. The Columbus Blue Jackets sweeping, maybe the best team in NHL regular season history, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Or Andy Ruiz upsetting Anthony Joshua just a couple of months ago. Best NFL player, Drew Brees. Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley, or Patrick Mahomes. Best NBA player, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Paul George, or James Harden. Best WNBA player, Elena Deladon, Candace Parker, Brianna Stewart, or Deanna Tassari. Best MLB player, Mookie Betts, Jacob deGrom, Blake Snell, Christian Yelich. Best male golfer, Brooks Kepka, Francisco Molinari, Justin Rose, or Tiger Woods. Best female golfer, Brooke Henderson, Jin Young Ko, Sung Hyung Park, or Rhea Jatanyagar. Best international men's soccer player, Kylan Mbappe, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, or Virgil van Dyke. Best international women's soccer player, Lucy Bronze, Permil Harder, Ada Hegerberg, or Sam Kerr. Best MLS players, Latan Ibrahimovic, Aaron Long, Joseph Martinez, or Wayne Rooney. Best women's professional soccer player, Abby Erseg, Adriana Franch, Lindsay Horan, or Sam Kerr. Best men's tennis player, Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, or Stefanos Tsitsipas. Best female tennis player, Simona Halep, Petra Kovitova, Naomi Osaka, or Serena Williams. Best NHL player, Nikita Kucherov, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, they snubbed Sidney Crosby. Best driver, Kyle Busch, Scott Dixon, Lewis Hamilton, or Steve Torrance. Best male action sports athlete, Nia Houston, Scotty James, Gabriel Medina, or Tom Pages. Best female action sports athlete, Stephanie Gilmore, Chloe Kim, Kelly Serdoro, or Zoe Zadowski. Best boxer, Canelo Alvarez, Terrence Crawford, Vasily Lomachenko, or Alexander Yusik. Best MMA fighter, Israel Adesanya, Henry Cujedo, Daniel Cormier, or Amanda Nunes. 
Best Jockey, Florent Garou, Irad Ortiz Jr., Jose Ortiz, or Mike Smith. Best Male Athlete with a Disability, Mark Barr, Declan Farmer, Daniel Romanchuk, or Oz Sanchez. Best Female Athlete with a Disability, Oksana Masters, Tatiana McFadden, Sean Morelli, or Alyssa Seeley. Best Bowler, Jason Belmont, Jacob Butterf, Norm Duke, or Anthony Simonson. Best WWE Moment, Coffee Kingston, Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, or Ronda Rousey. And Best Esports Moment, Larry's return to NBA 2K after the Jacksonville shooting or the Ninja Fortnite win with Marshmallow at the E3 Pro-Am. Those are the nominees for Best in their respective category at the ESPYs tonight. As always, I appreciate you tuning in. Hope to have you back tomorrow, same time and place, 4 Eastern, 3 Central on ESPN-UP. Signing off from the ESPN-UP WZAM Studios, I'm Tanner Hoops, and thanks for listening to Sports Band.